The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs, and we now have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. Keep seeking the answer to poverty through government, and the problem will continue to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, not in Washington or any state's capital. The long-term success of our country will come through our children if we teach them perseverance, humility, honor, character, hope, and love. And love will lead to action. This is The Mickey Ellison Show. How we raise our children today will be our legacy for good or evil. Let's change the world. Now, here is Mickey Ellison. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, depending on when you're listening to the show. This is Mickey Ellison, and this is, uh, unless something drastically changes, this is the last show on Voice America. And um, I'm going to tell you a story in a minute that, uh, if I can get through it, because it's one of the most heartbreaking stories I've ever heard, but it's all I've ever witnessed, I've been a part of. And it's also a lesson that I learned from my kid. When I wrote... The, uh, the introduction to, to the show um, a year and a half ago, whenever the heck I, I, I wrote it, I had no idea how true the words would be in a portion of that. And the part that, that I'm referring to is, is the part that is the answers will be found in our homes, churches, and communities. The long-term success – when I wrote the, uh, the introduction to, to the show um, a year and a half ago, whenever the heck I, I, I wrote it, I had no idea – how true the words would be in a portion of that. And the part that, that I'm referring to is is the part that is the answers will be found in our homes, churches, and communities. The long-term success of our country will come through our children if we teach them perseverance, humility, honor, hope, and love. And love will lead to action. How we raise our children today will be our legacy for good or evil. And... I didn't realize that in the last week and a half I would get a lesson from my own child that uh, um, showed that there's so, there's more truth in that statement than than I ever imagined. I have with us today David Simpson is back on the show to uh, um, to help me finish this out because he is he is. Uh, I, I'm not going to bring him to tears today I, with what I'm going to say in, in introducing him. You can go back and listen to other shows, but David is a close friend of mine, and, and is a mentor, and um, means a lot. And he's the he is the one guy that I hope would come back on the show for the last one. So let's start with with the story. Thursday, July 30th, which just happens to be my birthday as well. We were we were out at a at a baseball tournament every year in Wichita, Kansas. There's a baseball tournament called the NBC World Series. It's primarily college age kids um, playing summer baseball. It's something that I had the opportunity to play in in 1992, and um, it's a special time. It's a it, it's two weeks of more baseball than. If you've not experienced it, you can't imagine how much baseball comes through this thing. There's literally days in this tournament where it's baseball around the clock. And I, when I say baseball around the clock, it will actually go until 2 or 3. In fact, one morning we were 5 a.m. watching baseball, and then it kicks back off again at 8.30 the next morning. So Thursday, July 30th, went to a game, 
and it was like any other game. It's a minor league baseball park where they do this, and and my kid, my nine-year-old, is like any other kid, and there's a perfect place on the first baseline or the right field line to where the kids can kind of mingle and and chase down tons of foul balls. It's not like a big league game where um, where it's almost impossible to get a foul ball. I mean, there's kids that come out of there with five or six balls a night. And that Thursday night, um, there was a team, the Liberal BJs, that, that were playing. And um, I sit in a spot where I can actually see them running around. And, and Jackson, my youngest son, is is uh, playing with kids. I would he he just makes friends with everyone that he walks up to. So he's got nine and 10 year olds and 11 year olds running around there. there with him. And I didn't think anything about it. Um, the next night we come back to, to a game, same team is playing and it was baseball around the clock. And we finished uh, liberal liberal finished playing. I, I think it was somewhere around midnight. And after that game, Jackson had – earlier in the game, earlier in the day, he had, he had run down a foul ball. And he went over, had the kid – the guys autograph the ball. Like like almost every kid that goes to a sporting event, they get the opportunity to get, get inter, uh, autographs. He did it. I didn't think anything about these autographs. And um, when he was – after the game, we went home. Didn't think anything else about the the autographs. The next morning, we wake up to hear that the liberal BJ's bat boy had been been struck by a bat with the uh, with the he, he ran into a, a bat of a guy that was swinging in the on deck circle. It was a it was a freak accident. And after that took place. Um, we we told Jack Jackson heard us talking about it, and he says, "I know that kid." He says it, and, and my my wife through conversation finds out. He goes, "Yeah, mom, that, that's Kaiser." And our prayers went out to these guys. The next day, we took off for vacation, and we find out that um, Kaiser didn't make it. And Jackson comes up to us and says, Mom, Dad, we didn't realize on that ball that had been signed, he had the bat boy sign it. And he says, Mom, Dad, I think we should give this ball to Kaiser's family. And, you know, it's a small, it's a small thing that he did. But what happened is he had, he has, it may have been the last thing that he ever signed. So, um, while we were on vacation, that you know, we we didn't know whether uh, Liberal would would remain in the tournament because they could lose out before we got home. We were coming back on Thursday. Well, it just so happened they made it through. And Thursday night, uh, when we got back, they were scheduled to play the next day on Friday. And Friday morning, my wife contacts. The only way we knew how, she contacts the organization through Facebook, and they replied that yes, they would love that they would love to. Um, meet us and, and for Jackson to give that ball to him, and we did. And later, later that night, um, my my wife was was trying to be respectful to the family, but she wanted to post a proud moment of her son doing something that that I think is innate in children, and it's innate. It is it is in us 
because we asked, why do you want to do it? He says, well, it's just the right thing to do. And this is from a nine-year-old child who is the same age. And I, I can see the same thing could have happened to my own child. And what I want people to, to get from this is, you know, at, 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 let me go back. My wife posts on it. What we didn't know was that post was about to go viral. It's on my Facebook page. It's, on, it's, on, it's, it's in a couple of places. But what I saw and what, what Jackson, there's a little part of Kaiser that will live through Jackson forever. It's a, it's a bond that uh, I, I don't know that it can be broken. But uh, you know what? What I wanted to do is is when I was getting ready to do this show, I knew last week it was going to be it was going to be the last one. I had no idea that we were coming to this. But my child proved that they are the future. They, if we teach them perseverance, honor, hope, love, and charity, we teach them these things. And what we're trying to do going forward with with I actually the the title of the show today was um, was the end no just getting started but you know there's a fallacy in that because I don't know what tomorrow brings and it should be the end no just getting started if it's God's will because. We are, we are surrounded by fallacies each and every day that, that we, we just, they just roll off of our tongues. And so many of us that call ourselves Christians, we don't think about those fallacies and put them in context and see how they go against Scripture. You know, one of the, the passages of Scripture, and I'm going to bring David on here in a second and, um, and, and have him... Um, share on it, but Philippians 4, 11, 13. This is Paul speaking. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to be to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any, any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that last part of, of what I said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that part is used. I actually heard my cousin on a television show the other day use the, the same scripture. And when he says, what many people leave out is the first part of that. That Paul was content no matter what the situation was because he was living through Christ. He, Christ was living through him. And, and what Many of the fallacies, and David, hey, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. I want to talk a, a little bit about some of the fallacies that we hear because, you know, many times we'll hear people say, I am in control of my destiny. And while that sounds great, the reality is, and, and you and Mike, uh, Mike Church, uh, have, have, you've told me many times, I mean, I've heard you say this. Once your eyes are open, what happens is it makes you want to scream at people when they hear these fallacies, but their eyes haven't been opened yet. Because what happens if, if I'm doing all the things that I can do to, to be healthy, to be 
prosperous. You know, I had a dream of playing Major League Baseball. I worked as hard as anybody else out there. But was I really in control of that destiny? No, I wasn't. So, um, David, I don't know where you want to take – how you want to respond <laughs> to this. But, you know, it, it, it is one of those things. I see it constantly on the Facebook page, especially in the fitness area and, and in the financial area. Because the reality is, you know, one of the, one of the passages of Scripture I, I pulled up, and it was a parable. And this was Jesus talking. And it was the parable of the rich fool. And it says, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundance, abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns, and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded of you from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. Yeah. Well, like you said, you offered up about 18 things I could probably talk about. <laughs> and I was going to start from the top. First of all, um, it's a sweet story, both a sweet and tragic story about two young boys, both loving a game. Um, oh, doggone it. You got me kind of choked up earlier. Now I'm going to choke up again. <clears throat> um my son loves baseball, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard that the uh, father of Kaiser has taken all of this in a very uh, charitable and Christian and kind way and just said, you know, accidents happen. This is where my son wanted to be, and uh, a terrible thing happened, and we have to take it as, as some plan that we may not understand. And I, I thought that was just such a... A beautiful testament to somebody of faith. Um, it. Uh, my mother always says that you die when you've reached the highest point of your own holiness. If God doesn't want you to go back down into into place where you won't be as holy, so He'll take you at a moment that you've reached the pinnacle of, of your particular um, your particular quest. We don't know when that is for anybody. Um, we don't know. Sometimes uh, it could be a lifetime, a typical lifetime of 85 years, and sometimes it could be um, a, a baby. And we, and it, it's mysterious to us. It's perplexing to us. It even gives us some consternation because we love our life and we love the temporal world so much. But it's the eternal world that matters, as we all know. Mm-hmm. And um, and for whatever reason, maybe that was Kaiser's moment. You know, if he was exactly where he wanted to be on a baseball field and enjoying the game he enjoyed so much and being around players he loved so much. Um, and if he came from it, which, which what sounds like a very spiritual and holy family, um, for whatever reason, that was his moment to go, uh, and, and God allowed that to happen. Um, it, you know, it's just a, a phenomenal story, and then it gets added to and gives a, a lesson for all of us that someone else took that tragedy 
and um, your son and and turned it into a blessing both for the family that experienced the tragedy and then for us who can who can witness someone just saying I want to give up myself uh, to someone who's hurting um, and you know <laughs> what else is life about really yeah, and and David, we're actually running up on a break right now, and I also want to um, uh, have have you contact us back again because we're getting a little distortion in the phone call. But uh, oh, okay, and this will probably be the the if we can control it, it'll be the only break of the of the show. But um, folks, when we get back, we're going to expand a little bit more on this, and we're going to talk a little bit about the the fallacies, the lessons that that were taught from from my son um, who didn't do it looking for attention. He had no idea that this attention was coming, and um, in fact, he's very uncomfortable with it. And you know, he was a typical um, Sunday night. He he actually wanted to go play golf, and he was a typical nine-year-old kid that was itching to go hang out with his dad at the golf course. And he had to sit around waiting on two television stations to actually interview him. And he doesn't get it. He didn't understand why is this such a big deal, Dad. He says, I just want to go play golf. I handed the ball to – he handed the ball to the people whom it belongs to. And that was really all that he was in tr- trying to do. So when we get back, we're going to talk uh, – I don't know how much more we'll talk about uh, about Kaiser, but it, we will talk about some of the fallacies and, and some of the, the really dangerous fallacies that are out there that if um, – could actually destroy our entire faith because our faith is in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we get back from this break, we'll talk about that. See you then. of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for You with Arvind Vora, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Lots of people talk about publishing their work, but have no idea where to start. If you are one of these aspiring authors or know somebody who is, don't miss Publishing Today Radio with Athena Dean Holtz. Thought leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, and in general, storytellers all want to get their messages in print, and that includes branding and marketing. Athena and her guests are here to answer your publishing questions and more. Tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at mickeyellison.com. Like our show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to the show. Um, we needed that break because I was having I had tears coming down my eyes trying to tell the story. And, and if I if I get into it again, I I will tear up again because I I can't imagine the the heartbreak. But I also can't imagine. I don't know that I could have the strength and 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 the the mercy. The mercy of God is on this family, um, and on Kaiser's family. But uh, I want to remind everyone since this is the last show. Couple of things will stay in place. The Mickey Ellison website will stay in place. Um, we're going to figure out how to combine it with the faith, finance, and fitness uh, page. the The road to complete fitness, Lord willing, will continue to move. In fact, next weekend uh, or the weekend after next, I'll be back in South Carolina to present. Actually, letting Andrea do most of the pre- presentation uh, of what it is that we're doing, um, helping people out of debt. But it's it's more than that. It, it's about it's about bringing hope to to people who may have lost it um and and uh lord willing we'll continue to do this as uh as long as god allows me to and um we'll just keep moving but before we went to the break we're finishing up on 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 the story of kaiser and jackson and there's more details on it you you're you're more than that welcome to ask more questions on it if you want to email me or, or contact me through facebook but uh we're, I, I told David we were going to uh, talk a little bit about fallacies and, and many of the fallacies that, that do sound good. They feel good. They, they, and the reality is we try to live by those. And, and, and a few that I wanted to talk about, and, and really the timing of what happened with, with, with Kaiser kind of puts it into, into perspective because, you know, um, it, it, it takes me to, to James 4, 13 through 18. And um, and James is writing. He says, "Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to do, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes." All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good that ought to be that that ought to do, they ought to do, and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. And those words are powerful because when 
when we went to bed Friday night, we had, and, I, and I'm sure Chad Kaiser's dad and, and his mom, they, they didn't go to bed thinking what was about to happen was going to happen. But folks, it's like any anything else that can happen to us in this life, we can do all the right things. It, it's having this question, some people get cancer. Some people survive cancer. Some people don't survive cancer. Some people survive cancer for, for a period of time. They go into remission, then it comes back. And in most cases, those people did the same things to eliminate the cancer. But I, I cringe because I've seen this a couple of times where people say, I beat cancer. But is that true? Yeah. Did God allow cancer to be beaten for his message? And we can take those lessons. Did, did God did, – did, are we beating the debt problem? Did God allow my family to go through the debt problem? And, and what, you know, one of the things I used to ask, David, is, God, I'm seeking to serve you. I'm seeking to do everything that you ask me to do, but please take this burden from me. Take this burden of, of debt because I will do what you ask me to do. And the thing is, you know, Paul talked about in Scripture about the thorn in his side. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> he may not take it, Mickey. You know, that's just he, a fact, you know. It, it, he may not. He may not. But that, that thorn in my side is a reminder of what it does to individuals each and every day. And we're not going to get into um, the debt story uh, of, of, of that there's so many fallacies when we start talking about debt that – if you're not ready to hear those things, it's just gibberish. And well, many no, of the no, – go ahead. You made me think on the issue of fallacies when you were talking about that in the first segment. You know, one of the fallacies I think we have just to, be, to contend with from the front end is that we have to realize that we're living in a fallen world and that the prince of this world is the, is the, is the father of all lies. And so – this is, now, this is not to make you despair. It's not that you can't come to know the truth, because if you couldn't, God wouldn't have told us that the truth will set you free. But, um, but it is to say that you have to be very cautious and very judicious, and you have to be very um, uh, uh, persevering and committed to learning and loving and following the truth. Um, I guess what I'm saying is that we live in a minefield of lies. The fallacies are everywhere. Um, and it's so, 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 so simple to take one and put it in your heart and say, oh, this is what I believe now, all the while believing a lie and all the while following it down to, to the hell where it's going to bring you. Mm-hmm. And so um, now that can sound arrogant. I know people say, oh, well, then I guess you and Mickey know the truth, and we don't. We're just idiots. It's not, not what we're saying at all. We're, Mickey and I are saying that we know there is such a thing and that we're struggling to find it just as much as you. And in the few times we do believe that God's given us inspiration, that there here is a truth, that we see our minds conforming to reality and the reality is good, uh, that's when we start going, well, I want to share this. I want to I bring this to other people because it's helping me to find the peace and the contentment and the joy and the love that God wants me to find. Yeah, it's that peace that, that somehow... The Kaiser family, uh, Kaiser's family, has been able to find because yeah. th- that is that I, I can't even I, I can't even comprehend what it would be like to lose Jackson or Jordan for that matter, my fourteen year old. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some of those fallacies, I read one on, on Facebook, and I'm not going to say who it was from, because, but it was, uh, it was and, and this sounds good, okay, Dave? It says, if you commit to God and let him be your guide, things will always fall into place, and those messes will turn into a message to help others and a strength that, that you will gain. Now, it sounds good, right? And, and, and there's truth in that. There, there, is a, there, there is truth in that. Go ahead, David. You're going to expand on that. Well, I, no, I think we're going to the exact same place because you and I are going to see it the same way. I think we're. It's. It's. There's a truth. There's truth there, but it's oversimplified, and and it could lead you very easily to error, because if you sit around waiting for God to do it, He's not going to do it. Um, and so, and, and just committing to, quote unquote, do God's will. Um, what if you're not? What if you believe you are, but you're not? Mm-hmm. Um, what if you're deluded, in other words, or tempted uh, by a false spirit? You know, St. Paul tells us to test the spirits. And so um, it's just more to it than that. I appreciate the desire in it, but it's not as simple as that. Right. And, and because when you talk about letting God be your guide, well, what happens if God guides you in a direction you didn't want to go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, 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 if, what if you thought that the... My, my, my guide was to teach people how to be healthy and work out and all this stuff, and, and, that, and, and two hours from now, you hop in a car and go home, and you're paralyzed from the neck down. Wow. Well, I mean, if that was your hope, what, you know, God teaches us, and, and Scripture teaches us, and the church teaches us that to put our hope in God, not in earthly things. And those are earthly things. While they're good, they're nice, they're good to have, though, I believe, David— one of the reasons that God didn't um, take the thorn from our side from the debt was because even though in my mind I was going to – I would say I would do the right thing. I would okay. do these things. But God yeah. would look there and say, will you? Will you do that? <laughs> I, I can tell you from personal experience that uh, – and I mean very personal as in David Simpson's own personal experience um, – that we tell ourselves lots of lies, uh, and I don't mean you're actively lying to yourself. You know, no, that. you. I believe what I'm telling God, but God, God's God, and I'm not. He knows. He knows, right? And he knows. Mm-hmm. So, like, I always tell people, he had me on a ten-year humility lesson, uh, and people laugh at that. They chuckle at that. Like, really, were you that hard-headed? Were you? And were you that prideful? Well, I never considered myself prideful, but clearly there was something there that was still prideful. Or else I wouldn't have been in the humility lesson for 10 years. Um, and by the way, I think humility is the foundation for all of the virtues. If you can't accept your own limitations, which I think is one of the things you're saying as well, we're not God's mind. God is God's mind. You know, we sometimes dream that we know what he wants us to do or what our goal is in life or so on and so forth. But a lot of times that's just us being prideful. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very, very, very difficult to get out of it. I couldn't for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I still, I mean, of course, and I have relapses. You know, I keep in, in, insinuating myself into, okay, God, I got it out. Now I'll run the boat. No, you won't run the boat, you idiot. <laughs> I, I'm in charge of the boat. I um, want you to pull that line when I tell you to pull that line. Um, very, very difficult problem, and and um, one that doesn't get solved by our intellectual exercises. By the way, I mean, I think partially we engage that, but it's got to be prayer and penance. Uh, and fasting. It's got to be these mortifications of ourselves 
so we can stop, you know, stop believing so much in ourselves and believe in God. Absolutely. You know, I was, uh, I, I, and see if I can get, regain my, my train of thought here. Um, I, I believe that, um, that the, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that basement that morning when, when I, you know, I've told you the story where yeah, I, sure. I, I heard, I believe that God said, go get others out of debt and I'll take care of you. What happened in the midst of all that is, David, I, I can see, okay, I'm not blind. I can see that for us to be able to share this message and move on, there's resources that are needed to, for us to be able to do it. But if I can see that, God can see that. Yep. He knows that. But in the very beginning, I tried to help him. And what I have for that is about 100 T-shirts that yeah. are just, uh, heck, when we go to South Carolina, I'm just going to give them away. Yeah, you, yeah, you jumped in charge. Yeah, I jumped in charge and I spent about thirteen hundred bucks on something. The guy says, "Hey, dude, I got this. Quit trying." Well, Mickey, I'll give you. I'll give you another example, and and this might. I hope this doesn't destroy your little apostolate because I think you're doing a wonderful <laughs> work. But you know, I remember the story of Saint Francis, and um, and he basically left everything behind from his family, a very wealthy family, and he was given a vision to. He said, "Francis, rebuild my church," and so he immediately assumed he meant the little chapel in the woods that was all falling apart. The roof was caving in, the bricks were coming out, and so on and so forth. And so he started to fix up that little chapel in the woods. And he, another bit, no, moron. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean the church building. I meant <laughs> the spiritual thing that is the church that is falling apart because people aren't loving me anymore. And so all of a sudden he had a grander mission. And maybe, I'm not saying this is true in your case, but maybe when he said get people out of debt, he might not have meant money debt. He might have no, meant, I, he might ahead, have meant out of the debt to everything they're given their life, everything they're enslaved to. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the government, the, uh, all their fam- the quote-unquote so family obligations that they think they have, they have to go do or else their family won't love them anymore. Any of those things, maybe he wants you to preach just like you're preaching. So he said, so the people will stop being enslaved and start being free and loving God and not having those greater sense of debt, if that makes any sense at all. Right, because one of the messages that I don't want, you know, with our dollar a day campaign that that I don't want to get across is, I don't want this to come across is that this is the answer to your prayers. Right. To all of your prayers, because it's not. Just because uh, it, it, it... there, there's a little bit of Christ in, in what is going on because one of the things that does happen is if 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 we if millions of people join us and someone is 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 helped out of debt, they didn't do that themselves. Yeah, it's just like our salvation can't we can't do it ourselves. That's right. And 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 until that the Spirit of God speaks to you, what you and I are talking about sounds like gibberish. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. And, and well, if I I'll try go, to I'll think, I'll tell you one better. You know, like in my financial plan, you and I both are in the money business, mm-hmm. and it causes us great consternation because we know the Bible verse: the love of money <clears throat> is the root of all evil. And mm-hmm. so, one of our challenges in the money business is to constantly preach not to love money, not mm-hmm. to think it's your salvation, not to think it's your security, not to think it's something that it's not. What is it? It is your. It's your earnings. That's fine. If you're detached from it, even better. And if you're charitable with it, all the better. But mm-hmm. you can't start thinking, oh, well, I've got to hold in this little nest egg because this is the thing that's going to save my life. It's not. Right. And so, and so we have to constantly be preaching that message. So, like, and it's very difficult because, you see, once you, you tell them that, that once, and they go, yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, you're right. I'm not going to displace God with my money. Okay, you're right. 
and then all of a sudden you start talking about retirement or health insurance, and all of a sudden you can see it. All the, it becomes God again. And, and, and you're like, doggone it, I, I, I'm, I'm leaving the wrong way. And yeah, so, you, just want, you just want to yell out, this, this little strategy that we, had, we came up with a couple of years ago, this is not your way to security. That's right. Because it can fail. And I have no doubt in my mind, at some point in time, it does fail. Yeah, yeah. So long as, so long as they get the wrong notion in their head, you're talking about fallacies, so that's a fallacy. They're ne- now they're thinking that debt is their problem, and if you get rid of debt, they don't have any problems. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you just, just got, got a different one. You, you know? got a different problem, yeah. And, and, and in our case, with, with the, 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 moving, the moving out of debt, you know, it, it is – it, I, I don't know how to put this because God, God knows me better than I know me. God knows you better than, he, than you know you. He knows that, that many people, and I may have been one of, I may be one of those people, and that's why he doesn't lead us to financial riches. We may never reach that, and it's not even a goal of mine. But we may never reach that because we, if he does, I might turn that into my God. Yeah. And he knows me better than, than, like I said, than I know me. Now, is that going to be my intention? No. But can it happen? Yeah, the funniest thing I encounter, not funny, funny in that ironical and sad way uh, that I encounter is you meet somebody who's dirt poor, okay, Mm -hmm. and I'm a financial advisor, so I'm trying to help them accumulate wealth so they don't just feel like they're always about to go under. And I think that's actually a good thing. I don't want people mm-hmm. to feel like they're always about to go under. Right. But they come into my office, and, and they're as humble and wonderful and sweet of people as you'll ever want to meet. And then flash forward 10 or 15 years, and now they've been being disciplined. They've been faithful. Um, they've done lots of good, virtuous type of conduct where they've accumulated some wealth. And I'll be darned if it's almost to a man, they say, oh, look what I did. Mm-hmm. And, and you're like, no, wait, 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 hold on a second. The whole point from the front end was that we're that we're going to be faithful to God. We're going to be disciplined on, in moral law. We're going to be persevering in the faith. And now you're going to get 15 years forward and have a little bit of money and say, "Look what a success you are." Wait a second. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and people will take back to God. Give give something back to Him, or else you're nothing. Yeah, and, and the thing is, we may move towards that becoming our God, and 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 be enthroned and, and, and drawn toward those riches, and God might just let us go. Yep, yep. And that's a very, very distinct danger that, you know, it, it, it reminds me of the, the, what was it, the rich young man that came to, came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, what is it that I need to do to go to heaven? Yep, and I all he, the time, because the, the, the virtue that he lacked was detachment. Mm-hmm. He, he was not detached from the material world, so therefore he couldn't grow in the spiritual world. But because he lacked attachment, he went away sad because he knew he'd have to sell a lot of things to become perfect. And one of the things Christ was telling him, see, not everybody has to sell everything. That's a, that's a fallacious conclusion. Mm-hmm. But he was asking, how do I become perfect? And one of the things they call the evangelical perfections is poverty. Now, that's strange to us because we think, really? But, we, you know, but Christ was born in poverty. Mm-hmm. He was giving us a message. Hey, guys. If you really, really, really want to get close to God, you better forget about this world because they ain't about Him. Uh, this is this world has got someone else has got his hands around it. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to do that. But if you are going to have material wealth, you have to maintain the virtue of detachment. And virtue is nothing more than a habit of good conduct. 
So we have to be habituated into saying, you know what, I've earned some stuff, but someone's in need, I'm willing to give it away. That's why your son's story is exactly that. I had something of value to me, but it's not more valuable than a life, nor is it more valuable than God, and I'm going to give it away because it doesn't mean anything to me uh, in, in this circumstance. And, that, right. and that's detachment. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and I, I just am, at, am in awe with, with him because he also, I don't, I've told you a little bit, he's gone through some trials and tribulations in the last year that uh, um, you know, sometimes I just want to hold him and hug him because he's dealt with anxiety issues that um, I, I, can't, I can't imagine. And, but yet, we saw his heart. He and I actually sat down last night because he was going through one of his 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 bouts with with the anxiety and and, and really comes out in anger and, and we just had to sit down and all I want to do is hug him. I said, Jackson, it's gonna be all right, bud. Because you know, that we have we have this idea of who people are. And we got the we have this public persona of, of who people are. You know, I, I watched a, a video of, of, of my my cousin, who's actually hosting the event in South Carolina, um, in a couple of weeks, he was on a on a local um, Christian TV station back in South Carolina, and and he was he, he was telling the story of where he's been and how he's got you know how, how God has the grace of God has allowed him to survive. I had no idea. I've known this guy. He's forty two years old. I've known him for forty two years. Mm-hmm. But see what happens is there's there's this persona. This is this is who Jackson is. Well, no, that's a part of who Jackson is. It's a part of of who who we are. And and so many times I think what we we get so caught up in the superficial of people yeah, that absolutely. we never get to understand who they really are. And sometimes we are so are, we we lack humility in letting in letting people know who we are. We want them to think we're this way. Well, we do because, for some reason, um, we we, uh, we allow other people's perceptions to determine our quote unquote strength or weakness. We think it's weakness to reveal things that are challenging to us, and it's not weakness. It's a great strength. Matter of fact, it's very human. It's, it's exactly what we ought to do. If you're struggling with something, uh, your brother, your brothers in arms should be able to help you and lift you up. But but what happens in the process many times is the brothers in arms don't lift you up. They look at you and kind of scoff, or you just feel that they are. Either way, mm-hmm. you come out saying, well, I don't go through that again because I, I look like a weakling, so I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, that's, that's wrong. Uh, and cry, again, it, we just go back to Christian messages over and over again. Christ was weak. In other words, when he need he could have been strong. He said, I, if I want to blast this army away right now, I could do it in a second, but I'm going to be a lamb to the slaughter. Because I'm going to show you that weakness at times is exactly the strength you need to have, if that makes any sense at all, and um, and shed his blood for us. Well, that's a Christian message, and we have them over and over and over again. But for some reason, we can't make them part of our lives. Yeah, we uh, we we look at we look at uh, Christ, and you know, I, I visualize, and, and there's some heresies in this, but in the, I can but I can visualize Christ on the cross in that that movie, the the Passion. Mm-hmm. And we look to feel sorry for Christ. No, man, that's God. He could have he could have stopped those guys at yep. any point if he wanted to. Yep. But that and, and that you know that's one of those mysteries because I sit back and go, God, 
wouldn't it make more sense if you did it this way? Because there would be no doubt in my mind. You're not going to outfox you know, God, Nikki. You're not going to outfox God. But, uh, but, but I, you think about it and, and look in the Old Testament scripture, and you go, well, he did some of those things, and those people still went back yeah. to the things that they were doing before. I mean, for heaven's sakes, they they marched around the dang city for, seven, what was it, seven days? And then did it yeah. seven times in one day, and the walls fell down. Yeah. So, no, there's, a, there, there's something that we just don't seem to want to get from the ultimate Christian message, I guess. Uh, and, and it just it just stays that way. I mean, Christ, and Christ told us he would. You know, he said, uh, you know, no matter, even if I send you the uh, the miracle of Jonah, right, a man gone for three days and, and coming back, you're not going to believe. And, and he did. I mean, he was gone. He was dead. It, it, for, for all intents and purposes, um, it's over by our way of thinking about it. He's gone. Well, he wasn't gone. Uh, and we have to meditate on that because I think in our own lives, as we have failures and challenges and, and some successes, it doesn't matter, we should think about um, uh, we should think about resurrection. We should think about ascension. We should, but all, we should also think about death uh, and three days in the tomb. I mean, we should think about all these things. These are meditations we should have that keep us balanced uh, and on the right road. Yeah, and, and anything that we, we do, uh, you know, we, we talked about the last time we were on the show, the, the most important thing that we're, we're, we're doing is, I don't know if it's the most important, but one of our, our goals is to try to get to heaven. Now, we can't get to heaven on our own. We cannot, it, it, it is impossible for us to get to heaven on our own. But what, what we get caught up in is life, and we're looking at 70, 80 years, unfortunately in Kaiser's case, nine years. Yeah. But we're looking at that situation and going, man, that's a long time. But compared to eternity, trying to fathom God. You know, this is one of the things that 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 um, I, I think Mike talks a lot about it and talks about the, the original the original fallacy. Because if you don't get back to the original fallacy, then you can't – everything after that is based in and not in truth. Well, when I think of someone that's atheist and I say, well, there is no God. And they'll say this world just started by you know whatever it was and the Big Bang that spun the little thing that went around and you just won't go okay well okay well, where did that come from mm-hmm. you know if there is no God where did it come from did all this stuff just magically appear and I think that's what he's saying I even if you haven't been introduced to Christ the the sign that there is a God is all around you. Oh, absolutely. And there is no excuse for not believing in a God. Now, it's not that you may live in a part of the world where you didn't get introduced to Christ. That is not in your control. But to recognize that there is a God, that is that it's right. It is around you every single day. Yeah. Well, whether, and, and Scripture tells us that too, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the fool says in his heart, "There is no God," and and the number of fools is infinite. They say. So mm-hmm. Scripture tells us these things. And, and we know it's true, and we know from the church as well. The church has declared that man, through his natural reason, can come to a knowledge of God. He won't know all the aspects of God, the Trinitarian nature, or that Jesus Christ was his son, and so on. But he, he, like you said, he will know there is somebody who created this creation. <laughs> um, I, I find the whole story of the Big Bang and everything else, I mean, I, I, look, I was taught it in, as a kid. I kind of quasi-believed it uh, through college, I guess. And then when I look back on it now and go, how ridiculous it all is. And I just think it takes a world more faith to believe in this accidental happenstance that brought about everything than it does to just accept the fact that there's a Father in Heaven who did it. 
yeah it absolutely take takes more faith um and and you know i i i don't know if if a person it's kind of like we talk about the fallacies you know once your eyes are open um it makes you want to i said this is what i said earlier it makes you want to scream mm-hmm. just wake up but the reality is david the spirit of god's what wakes them up yeah we can't we can't wake them up well you know, you, can, you, you and i you and i had conversations for for a long period of time in which you weren't actually on the show and they were respectful but rarely fairly heated but well, those can, conversations, that's why I say – go ahead, go ahead. We can open people's eyes in a secondary sense. In other words, we're all instruments of God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just like the thorn in your side or the debt might be an instrument of God or your neighbor. It doesn't matter where it comes from, but we all can be instrumental causes, what they call an instrumental cause, where God uses something or someone to open those eyes. But you're right. It's always going to be God's grace. There's just no way around that uh, because yeah. – because grace is his life in us, and unless we have his life in us, we have no life at all. Um, and so, but, uh, but we can't be instrumental causes, and that's why, you see, when you say you want to scream, I kind of smile. I know you're, you're kind of saying it in a, in, a manner, in a manner of frustration, but you're not frustrated, Mickey. What you are is you're deeply in love. You're you, you loving your fellow man so much, you want to scream because you care too much about him. Now, I don't mean too much about him, but you know, I mean, you care so much about him. That's a right. beautiful thing. And that's why I think you and I are such good friends because we both share that passion. Yeah, and it's not it's not a scream of 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 anger. It is that scream of frustration. You know, mm-hmm. you, you talked about the uh, um, the the things that we can be. We can basically be an instrument that God works through us. And that's what we are. We're the we're the that secondary. Um, what do you call it? A secondary cause or instrumental cause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that that is something that that can possibly come through. Whether that's what happens with the dollar a day campaign is there's a secondary cause. These these people, I don't know them, and they helped me anyway. Yeah. Well, well, we didn't know God, but He helped us anyway. He died on the cross. He died. I cannot fathom being nailed to a cross, but had a thorn in my head, being whipped with with a with a whip with things that was that was put there to. Rip the flesh from my skin. And at the same time, while I'm hanging on that cross, pray for the people that just did it to me. I well, can't fathom You know, and we're probably running out of time, but I was just say this last thing, because when you were saying that, the thing that popped in my mind was kind of harking back to St. Francis, you know, build my, rebuild my church, and he starts working on the little local church. And I'm saying, maybe, maybe you're, yeah, debt, it's a broader message. Well, the, what is that saying? The wages of sin is death, right? And... Mm-hmm. My thinking now at this point, just when you were saying that, the inspiration that came to me was maybe he said get out of debt, and you started exactly the program he wanted you to start, dollar a day, okay? Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen through that process is people are going to come to know Mickey Ellison and see by he's, he's walking the walk and talking the talk, and they're going to come to know God, and then they don't have the wages of sin being death for them. They have the, they have the new holiness being life for them. In other words, maybe they can be inspired to find the very God that's given you this energy and this and, and ask you to be this instrument for Him. So you are getting them out of debt. You're getting them out of the debt to sin uh, and to yeah. death. Um, yeah. So I think they'd be a wonderful uh, a wonderful apostolate. Well, and, and I, I said from from day one that that uh, when, when we started helping Andrea that that I, I believed that um, that that she was chosen. I think God chose her. 
Um, and, and, and she's, like I said, in, in the event that we do in, in two weeks, she is going to be the main focus. It's not me. I, I'm so messed up. I'm so, um, I don't have all the answers. I, I, I'm not even close to having all that. I've proven that to you. <laughs> but what I do know is, is that uh, um, there's God. We serve that God. I know that there, that God wants every one of us to to know Him and to serve Him. And well, some, years, I, some years ago, I came across the treasure chest that I call the church. You know, and I opened it up for the first time. And I've been in the church for my entire life, but it wasn't until, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe it's been more than ten years. It's probably been fifteen or twenty years now. But I opened up this treasure chest. It's called the faith, and it's inspired me ever since. Um, I learn something every day from it. Um, I grow closer to God, I hope, by it. And um, I partake of his body and blood, I mean, through it. So, I mean, this is, um, this is something that nobody has a coroner marking on knowledge. It's, it's, like a, it's like a, I don't know, an empire of knowledge that all we can do is maybe climb the first three steps. Um, but whatever you climb, however high you climb, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you started that love and that relationship that create that wants you to, that inspires you to keep on going up those steps. Um, and we all, of course, fail, Mickey. But you know that's why God's there to pick us up. Well, and, and I pray that uh, um, you know we'll we'll be that seed that's planted in the fertile ground, not the seed that's planted on oh, yeah. on the rock that sprouts quickly and then dies. Not not to be tossed and tossed and thrown by by the waves. Um, and, and it's not to say that there's not struggles. It's not that, that there's not times that that we doubt because I do. I, mean, I don't doubt God. I, I yeah. doubt. I, I doubt. Um, I doubt myself and what he's calling me to do. And that's what. He, that's the message. Is that, Mickey? You don't. Don't. If you put your faith in you, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. But if you put your faith in me. It doesn't fail no matter what the circumstance happens to you. It's where Paul says, I can be content in all circumstances. Hey, Dave, we got about two minutes left to go on the show. So is there anything that uh, um, you want to say as this is the last time we get said on the Mickey Ellison Show? Well, I guess I'll say farewell to a wonderful show and a good time. Uh, I think somebody's going to wise up one day, and they're going to go uh, create a radio station, a, a over-the-air type of station, and they're going to find all this content available, this very good content, and they're just going to broadcast it uh, and make a fortune. So just keep your stuff alive, that's all. Yeah, um, I appreciate the kind words, and, and um, it's, uh, you know, thank you so much for being the friend that you are. Um, before we go, I want to say a couple special thanks to the people who actually gave me this opportunity. Number one being Nathan Jett, who contacted me a year and a half ago, and, and, and until recently, I didn't understand why I even said yes. Um, Justin, who can hear us, he could probably speak up, but Justin makes this thing possible every, every week. He's made, he, he makes me sound better than what I what I am, and that's a hard job to do. Um, as, and Randy Jackman, Randy is uh, uh, when the music comes on, I send it to him, and then Justin makes it play. I don't know how it works. Um, Brad Comer, who, um, despite having very different opinion uh, uh, opinions and faith, has never once not allowed me to say the things that I, I need to say. He's always worked to help us do it. Jeff Gerstle, who helped create uh, um, some of the other stuff that you see, and Oh, gosh, I'm going to leave somebody out. Um, and Sam, 
Sandra, Sandra, who I've met just recently, um, and, and I, I appreciate the time that we spent together. But more importantly, folks, I hope you've enjoyed the the show. But more, the, the most important thing is that I hope that you find that there is more in life than the material world. We have a chance to go out and help people each and every day. And for those of us that believe in Christ and are Christians, our we want people to see Christ through us and then let Christ lead them to him. And that will lead to eternal life in heaven with him instead of damnation. Folks, thanks for letting us do the show. And uh, hopefully we'll see you down the road. MickeyEllison.com will, will remain up. The Facebook page will remain up. And uh, um, Lord willing, we'll keep moving. Thanks so much for joining us on the Mickey Ellison Show. Mickey plans to be here again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We hope you'll be here, too.